Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. Hey, Jennifer Lee. Guess what? We're back in the studio at Season 6 of Measure Twice, Cut Once. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. How about you? I'm fantastic. It, it's such an amazing journey we've been on throughout these last six seasons, learning about the process that goes into making these amazing homes. And what's really exciting about this season is we're going to be talking about the finished results, what we're seeing, the culmination of all this work in the award-winning homes and projects that some of our amazing builders, designers, and architects have been a part of. Yeah, and I love the Haven Awards, and it's so exciting, like you said, to finally get to know who are the people behind these awards, and what are the stories of these projects, and what does it mean to win an award like a Haven Award? To win an award, to take it to that next elevated level, is something unique and something very, very special, and we can learn so much from the journeys and the process that people have used to get to this level. And it's really exciting because once we get past the glitz and the glamour and, you know, the pictures and the big lights, there's a process. And that's what we're really excited to talk about this season is the process and the culmination of that process in the award-winning homes. Yeah, like you said, beyond the picture is all the hard work, all those sleepless nights, and then, of course, finding the right team and a lot of things that we've touched upon in the past season. So let's get started today. We've got an awesome guy in here and his name is Jim Smith and it's from Smithwood Builders. So welcome, Jim. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, yeah, we're excited great. for you to be here. It's great to have you here. I mean, we've we've heard some amazing things about you and of course, I've seen your work and to have you in here, it's going to be a great conversation just to learn what what makes you tick? And what I really liked learning about you, actually, was that you got your start building homes, not in Metro Vancouver area, but in a place that's very near and dear to my heart, Salmon Arm. So how did you get started? Was this an accidental journey or is this something you set out from a very young age and said, hey, I'm going to build award-winning homes and win Haven Awards? Yeah, it certainly wasn't, uh, the, the goal wasn't to win awards when we were uh, that young, but uh, my family had decided to move up to Salmon Arm. Uh, we were living in Langley. My folks went away on a trip and unbeknownst to my brother and I, decided to uh, move the family. Uh, so we went up there for a summer and kind of set up camp where my uh, mom was running the camp and my dad and my brother and I were building their house. Uh, we were uh, apprentices, I guess, at that time. My dad would give us about 10 nails each and said, if we put those in properly, we could have 10 more. Um, and so that whole experience throughout the summer was uh, was pretty great for the family and for for us, we got the house built. They're still in the house, so that's that's pretty good. And um, I kind of caught the bug from there. And so when we came back, my brother and I came back to the Lower Mainland, even though we were going to school, uh, we were both working in construction. And I started doing uh, forming and framing and switched to night school so that I could do framing full time and uh, went uh, into uh, the framing side of it for about five years. Um, and that was kind of where it started. And obviously you got 10 more nails or you would never be a builder. Yeah, we got 10 more nails, a few more screws in there and a couple of different tools as well. So uh, at the end, like I said, the house is still standing. So we, we weren't totally terrible. There you go. And now you got a great construction company. And of course, we were going to mention, we're going to dive more into your projects. But of course, your custom builder of the year for the Haven Awards too. So congratulations. Yeah, on that. thank you very much for that. We're pretty proud of that. Uh, we had a few 
projects that we submitted to to get there and um it was uh, definitely over a tricky period of time because uh with the pandemic as everyone knows it wasn't easy to build homes uh for various amount of uh, for various reasons so um it, it definitely added a lot of challenge to it so to come out the other side with the, that award was pretty good great and we'll dive a little bit more into that a little bit later but first i have a very important question do you know the salmon arm handshake no, I don't know that one. <laughs> I've asked a few people. I know it. I've seen it. And, and oh. I was like, I guess you're not a true person from Salmon Arm. Until no, you know we, it, but. no, we wouldn't call ourselves uh, true from Salmon Arm because my brother only lived there for the summer. And uh, and then that was after that, we moved back to the Lower Mainland. So, so you didn't I, learn the handshake? I don't, right? I don't know the handshake. No, I'll, I'll definitely learn it, though, if you want to show it. I don't know if it's a secret that we can learn or not. But I don't know. I feel like maybe you have to be born and raised there. Maybe, yeah. I'll have to I, ask some of my friends there. I don't know if we're allowed to show it on camera. I think it's a secret <laughs> you have to go up there and get in person. Hey, can we talk a little bit before we get into these projects? I want to talk about what drives you and your company because that's really important on this journey is the person behind the company. Where's your passion in this whole industry, right? Because we talk to so many different builders and some love the process, some love the materials, some love the fin. What's your passion? What drives you to build these types of projects? I think the biggest thing for us and, and myself is the craftsmanship and the quality that we put into our projects. Uh, definitely, we want to you know, have a good process in place and deliver a really good experience for homeowners, but that um, is coupled with the quality of work that we're doing. So if we have projects that go over budget or over time, um, you know, th those are different challenges. But the one thing that we never uh, jeopardize is the quality of work. And that also goes back to the craftsman uh, style of, of mentality that um, our carpenters have, that our team has. And it's just a, a better value that we're trying to deliver to the homeowners. And how do you do that? Is it workmanship or is it process? Like how, what, what separates you from some of the other people out there who haven't leveled up that next plateau? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. It's, it is a, a number of things uh, combined. It's, um, I mentioned experience. We're, we're trying to deliver an experience for the homeowners where if they're not buying a Ferrari, that's okay. They can still have a Ferrari experience. So even if it's a simple renovation, we want them at the end to feel like they've got really good value from that. And it's part of the process, you know, we're, we're not the only guys that use a project management software, but uh, we use a, a tool called Builder Trend to manage our projects, to help us manage our projects so that the homeowners, architects and designers as well, the entire team really is engaged in the project. Um, that's, that's one side of it. On, on, the, um, on the job sites, we want our guys to have the mentality of doing really good quality work, even if uh, you know, that there's kind of an old saying is, is um, work like everyone's watching, even though nobody is. And we're really trying to instill that, that uh, we just, we want to make sure that we're doing a really good job and, and trying to build homes or renovate homes that last a long time is another aspect of it. So not having the mentality that, you know, this is good enough or it's, you know, it's only going to last or they're going to only live here for 10 years. Um, part of our green actually mentality as well is to if we can build houses that last 100 years before they have to be torn down, uh, it's a lot better than a house that only lasts 30 years. So um, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into that, that type of quality that we're trying to achieve every time. That's a great list of values for you and your company. But how do you find clients that kind of align with those values? Because like you said, sometimes clients, when they come to you, are wanting to get it done cheap. They just want it done and that's it. But how do you find clients that kind of want to grow with you, have homes that last for a longer period of time? 
Yeah, we're, we're really fortunate that we get a lot of uh, referrals through architects and designers, um, which is great. They sort somewhat vet the, the clients or prospects for us and then kind of marry them to us as well because they understand the types of projects that we want to do. And we'll, we'll definitely take on projects with homeowners that are budget conscious. Um, and that's fine by us. We, we can accommodate that in the sense that even though maybe your finishes aren't as high end as some of our other projects, the 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 home that we're building um it still has to have a lot of value to it so we'll focus on maybe the mechanical side of it more so than the countertops or we'll focus on something like really custom high-end cabinetry in certain um parts of the house but not everywhere in the house so we'll try to marry that with what the, the clients want to do as well i have a question for you on your website your company talks about something called the magic of three and I found that to be a really intriguing value. Can you talk about that a little more? Because I think it's such a unique proposition. Yeah, it's, it's, it applies to a few different things, really. But the, the one that we focus on is the, the team, and we'll call it the team, is that we want the homeowner being one, the builder, and then the designer architect. The, those are the three elements that we're trying to uh, marry together and and often um, we'll say uh, you know building a new house or doing a full scale full scale renovation is like getting married for maybe a year or more you're really in each other's business you're learning a lot about each other um, and so you want to work together as a team and so that's where the three uh, parties come in and any decisions that are getting made or any um, you know uh, any anything that we're going to be talking about it involves all three of those parties all the time. So it sounds like more than anything else, just a streamlined communication. Plan. That that's huge for sure. Communication and you know it, nowadays it, it could be emails, text. There's a, so many apps, but the the key is is that it's it's constant and it's continuous, and that everybody's involved in it. So we're we're doing a project right now, for instance, where there's um, the it's two houses on one lot in Vancouver. And so there's the parents, then there's their kids, and then the grandkids. And so there's actually a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Um, but we're making every decision on that job with everybody involved, even though it does maybe add to the time frame, because we want everybody's input. And it's important that everybody has that input. Wow, it's kind of like your counselor too, because it's like three different families and you're kind of being the referee between them. Yeah, sometimes it's, um, yeah, it, we, we're not quite marriage counselors sometimes, but we're definitely um, able to bring experiences that we've seen in the past and maybe what have worked for past clients and bring that into conversations as well, which helps homeowners because sometimes they're not sure if they want X or Y. And we can talk about why X worked really well for another family that had young children, for instance, or why it worked for a retiring couple. So having that experience and being able to share that experience is pretty, is pretty valuable, I think. And we like doing that as well. Um, it's, it helps, I think, people with decision-making. And can you give us an example of some, like a situation that maybe you had to dissolve and you had to like step in and kind of give an example of like, hey, we did this because of this or yeah, give, give us like, I always like to get down and dirty. Like Wait, I want to know. Before he answers though, I just want to point something out. When 
builders are learning their craft and their trade and they're going through BECIT and they're going through apprenticeships. At no point is there a course on family counseling, psychology, <laughs> or any of these other things. So the folks that are doing this effectively, congratulations. Not only are you self-taught, but you're doing something that no one prepared you for when you learn how to become a builder. No one ever thought, oh, I'd have to intervene between a husband and wife who are ready to kill each other or right. something like yeah. that. Good on you. Yeah, thank you. And, and it's it's tricky because um, sometimes we're not sure how to uh, kind of mediate through that situation. But we've, like I say, we can revert back to ex past experiences. Um, you know, we had a, a client that they were thinking about how big should the laundry room be? And uh, what it was is that the husband wanted to do a smaller laundry room and have some more oh, space. Wrong answer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, totally wrong answer. And of course, she wanted to have, the wife wanted to have a bigger laundry room. And because they had a young growing family, we were able to talk about some past clients that also had the same amount of kids, they had three kids. And we said, here's their kids, that what the ages they are, and here's how it worked, because we're still in touch with a lot of our clients. And we can say, 10 years later, how is that family now interacting with their laundry room? Is, you know, and so that was something we could pass on to, the, to our, our new clients and say, the bigger laundry room is the right decision for sure. It's also going to make your marriage last longer too. Yes, it is. It is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And did he get extra space the husband did for being rewarded for giving her a larger It worked out. Group? They're still together. They're still in the house. So I'm going to say it'll worked out for everybody for sure. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Jim Smith, marriage counselor. <laughs> hey, before we go on, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I think we're having some great insight, but we have to take a quick break to acknowledge our amazing and awesome sponsors. So if you're okay holding on for sure. just a sec, we're going to do this thing and we'll be right back. Measure Twice Cut Once is grateful to our podcast partners, Fortis BC, Vico Stone Canada Inc., and Trail Appliances. Support from our partners helps us share expert knowledge and resources with families looking to build, design, and renovate the home right for you. Vico Stone is renowned for providing exquisite quartz slabs, ideal for both kitchen countertops and vanities. Their extensive range caters to diverse preferences, offering everything from the versatile builder collection to the opulent and luxurious design. Designs. Established as a reliable and preferred choice in the industry, they have earned the trust and admiration of local stone fabricators and interior designers. Trail Appliances makes everyday life better with the best selection in Western Canada, hassle-free delivery and a price match guarantee, so you'll always get the best deal. Trail Appliances, make sure you'll love buying an appliance as much as you love using it. And we all need reliable and efficient equipment for better comfort, health and safety for our homes. Whether you want to adopt some energy saving habits or take on major energy efficiency upgrade, no matter what your budget, Fortis BC can help you save energy. Be sure to visit FortisBC.com rebates where you can also find amazing tips on low cost and no cost ways to save energy plus buying advice for energy efficient products. Well, Jennifer, I'm so glad you had to read that and not me. A lot of big words in there. Um, but definitely thank you to our amazing sponsors. They make it possible to have these conversations with people like Jim, and we really appreciate all their support along the way. And now that we've got to know you, Jim, a little bit better, got to learn a little bit more about what makes you tick, it's time to start talking about some of the projects because you were nominated for a number of awards this year. The one that is really exciting to talk about, well, they're all exciting to talk about, but the one is called Black is the New Black. Black is the New Black, yeah. And it's it's a really, really neat project. Can you tell us a little bit about the project at a high level, about maybe who wanted this and, and a little about it so we can understand what the project is? Yeah, for sure. It's a uh, custom home that we did in East Vancouver. 
Um, and it's, uh, again, a young family that uh, liked the neighborhood and wanted to stay in the neighborhood, had found a piece of property that uh, they could get into, and then started their search for um, builders, architects, designers, and um, came across us uh, from walking in the neighborhood, actually, um, and had also seen some of our, our marketing and then talked to us about um, coming on board to help build the house. They had already uh, hired the architect at that point, and they wanted a very modern aesthetic. And we've done quite a few projects with a very modern aesthetic, so we um, are familiar with how to pull those off. So uh, we jumped in there, and um, came, that uh, house came out really well, and um, they were quite happy with that. We had some hiccups, of course, along the way, but all in all, they, uh, they have a great house that they're enjoying. And that's what we love to hear is the hiccups. It's kind of like a reality TV show. So can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, for sure. It's um, like any property in Vancouver. It's uh, tight quarters. There's not a lot of um, setback, uh, sides, uh, side yard setback. But the bigger issues there is that they had a brought in a structural engineer to the project. And uh, unfortunately, that uh, engineer wasn't familiar with open design concept. So as we got through the project, we realized that some of the uh, structural elements of the, of the home weren't really uh, working the, the, the way they should. So unfortunately, we had to bring in a different engineer uh, that did an evaluation and, and realized that yeah, there's some elements of this house uh, that aren't, aren't going to work the way it's designed. So we almost went back to the drawing board on some of it to have uh, the new engineer uh, talk about new footings and um, uh, moment frame uh, steel work, uh, shear walls. So a lot of work had to go back into it. And I joked with the homeowners who weren't too happy about joking, but we were renovating a new house at that point. Mm -hmm. So definitely that was one of the one of the much bigger hiccups that we've seen in a project. And I think it would have been uh, a lot better, maybe avoidable, had they brought their builder in sooner. And I, I know I've uh, listened to other episodes where you guys have had other builders here. They talk about bringing the builders of the design team together as soon as possible. And I preach the same thing because the sooner you have that team together, the more that we can watch out for each other's work and make sure it's going to work. So in that particular instance, we might have um, brought up uh, the design and seeing something that we thought might not work and be able to question it sooner. And that's the thing a lot of people don't think about is like, of course, the architect is amazing at what they do and they design. But a lot of people don't realize that it's like, OK, you get this home design and the architect builds it or doesn't build it, designs it. And then the builder builds it. And sometimes that's why you need a good combo of architect and builder, because the builder will let you know what actually is possible, because just because a drawing can be produced doesn't mean it can actually be produced in real life. Yeah, definitely. This is a great point. You're absolutely right. And it's also in conjunction with the budget, because mm -hmm. sometimes the design can be can look fantastic, but maybe doesn't fit the budget. So having those those two parties together, um, the sooner the better, for sure. And again, like it's not putting one party down. And it, like I said, it's not one's going to shine better than the other. I really think a strong team is great architect, great builder, great interior designer. And like, I think sometimes people think, oh, one's going to be, you know, have a little bit higher than the other. But no, the best teams I've seen is when you guys are all together and you're all, you know, not to sound corny, but you're working from the same plans yeah. and, and it, it kind of brings unity, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. No home is a result of one party. Right. There's multiple parties. And what this conversation has really iterated is the value of working with the multiple parties early on, because obviously as a result of this, there would be a cost to the homeowner. Mm -hmm. 
can we talk a little about that? Because that, if you want to put a price on not working with the right people at the right time, you can right now, right? Yeah, for that particular instance, uh, it was it was cost and time as well. And of course, the time is money, but uh, it ended up being uh, adding an additional five months to the project. Ouch. Um, thankfully, the outgoing engineer was cooperative and realized that they were maybe just in over their heads on an, that particular type of design. I mentioned open, open concept style of, of house, and that's really popular, um, but it's uh, not a lot of people have done it. And, it's more so now that I would say more people have done it now, but at your first go at it, it can be tricky to figure out. So I think that was the issue. And, and ultimately, uh, I mentioned we went back to foundation. We put in new steel. Uh, so the total bill was probably about $350,000 that added to that project. Wow. Um, that wasn't necessary had the design been done uh, differently from day one. So um, it's like I say, it was, it was an unfortunate uh you know, a bunch of events that happen, but uh, at the end of the day, the homeowners are there. They're still living in the house. They're quite happy with it. The house is performing really well. Um, so it, it uh, came out okay at the end. And can you paint a picture for our audience? Because obviously we've heard a lot of times open kitchen, but what is really like an open house floor plan? Like, yeah, what does that look like? That's a good question. And it's, it, people probably have different definitions of it, but in this particular instance, the main floor was uh, open in the sense it had three walls around the powder room or bathroom and then one more wall that wasn't even full height and that divided an office space to the rest of it and the rest of that that floor was open so uh not very many walls at all um not a lot of um uh, structural, structural elements yes exactly yeah thank you yeah so really wide open from front to back and in, in fact actually when the blinds are open you can see right through the house from from oh, wow. uh, front to front to end so uh very open um the top floor of course where the bedrooms uh became a little bit more closed off but the open concept is fully open where you're having spaces that connect the living the kitchen um you know, again, because of a young family, they want to be able to see the kids and where the kids are at and where they're playing and stuff like that. So to them, it was very important to have that, whether the kids are in the in the living room or maybe in the den or the office. And uh, we see a lot of that design where it's very open from from kind of one side to the other. But people don't realize that it looks really cool in photos and we look at Pinterest and Instagram. But like going back to your point, if you don't have the proper team, people aren't going to know like how to make that structure properly so it doesn't cave in on you either. Yeah, that's a really good point for the seismic aspect of it. It's It can be very tricky when you're dealing with only a couple of walls. How do you make that work? And so having those, those uh, professionals, the engineers, the architects that are familiar with that and have, have done it before and seen what works really well, um, that's that's vital to the project. We spent a lot of time talking about energy efficiency and resource management here. Building an open and concept house like that, how does that impact the energy goals of a homeowner and a builder like yourself? Is it harder to manage in, a, in an open concept home? It can be, but you're, again, you know, another another element to having that team is a certified energy advisor and having somebody, um, you know, the city of Vancouver now mandates that for all projects. Um, but we've been using a certified energy advisor for oh at least a dozen years, and we also use them on projects where we don't need to, just because they're at the at the forefront of the project, and they're going to be able to help us uh, determine if, for instance, in an open floor concept, if we need better windows because we don't want to lose space heating, or what the mechanical system could be to heat that space. So, um, if there's the, the right planning is done, then it's. Um, it works out really well from an energy aspect and it's uh, the, the open concept really, there's no negative aspect from it uh, from that standpoint.
And one thing before we move on to another project, I just wanted to know about the concrete floors. So is it concrete like that's finished or is there still tile or hardwood on it or is it just a concrete floor? It's a polished concrete floor. Yeah. Which was thankfully we didn't have in place when we had to start redoing some foundation work. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that better for indoor air quality than say a composite floor or some of the more traditional and conventional floors? Because we're also hearing that coming up in conversations too, indoor air quality, sick building syndrome, things like that. For sure. What what sort of um care and consideration was given to that element of, of how these people are going to live in their house, not just when they move in, but five years from now, 10 years from now as well. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we get that a lot because with, especially in the modern aesthetic, concrete floors kind of go hand in hand with that, that clean look. Um, I have um, <clears throat> concrete floors in my own house, so I can speak to the pros and cons. And it's really great, except for when your kids are young and you're down on your hands and knees a lot playing with the kids. Uh, it's very hard on your hands and knees. But, you need um, a rubber mat. You need rubber mats, carpets, area rugs. There's there's ways to get around it. But it's also great. We have dogs. It's it's a great way to uh, for, for the dogs so you don't have to do a lot of cleaning up after dogs. So from an uh, indoor air quality aspect, it's great. I wouldn't uh, say it's any better than other hard surfaces. It would probably be better than carpet. Um, carpet definitely is uh, changing and they're changing the materials there because um, it's it's in the past been a bit of a magnet for not having uh, good air, air um, quality in a house. But the concrete or hardwood flooring, uh, those are really good options, both of those. So we do a lot of that, um, those types of floors for sure. I don't think you should be allowed carpet if you have children. Yeah, car with uh, kids and dogs and carpet, definitely. That's a terrible combination. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just stains everywhere. Yeah, our yeah. first house had gray carpet, and then I had a black lab and a kid, and and by the end I had a darkish brown carpet. It was yeah, delicious. Carpet's pretty uh, is a tricky thing to do. I equate it to uh, you can have a. Uh, if you uh, have to wear the same clothes all the time, you can shower as much as you want, but you can't take the clothes off. So how clean is that really? So maybe that's not a very good picture to paint, but carpet is definitely, uh, it's not quite as clean as the other. I actually and sat more, beside that guy in the train coming in this morning. <laughs> and more people are having allergies now too, especially to dust mites and stuff like that. For and sure. Like seasonal allergies. So like carpet is not a great. No, it's not good. It, it's nice that we're also uh, introducing, or not now, but um, HRV systems, for mm. instance. So we're we're getting to filter a lot more of the air that uh, is coming and going from a house, and those systems uh, are helping with the air, air, indoor air quality. Um, but yeah, certain materials can can play a factor for sure. Which is so great. When just quick touch upon that, because obviously we've had a little bit of smoke now, and and with the HRV system, when there's forest fires, that helps. And then even on the news today, like New York and them have such bad outdoor air quality so how great is an hrv system here yeah it's it's fantastic even without the smoke it's just it's healthy air all the time and it's it's it i don't want to say it looks after itself you do have to have maintenance done on it but it does for the most part take care of that exchange of air without uh you having to do any work uh with the smoke it's um there's filters built into that so it helps a lot with that um and uh we're doing more and more houses these days with air conditioning for instance where mm. you don't necessarily need to open your windows so when the smoke comes it's great because you don't get that smoke into your house through open windows take that heat dome take that heat dome exactly yeah well yeah. and this is a bigger issue like the air quality outside today is like export a quality like it's really really bad and being able to have fresh clean air like i have family members who have allergies and they they really struggle so what you're talking about is very very important and it's going to be such a big part of how we think about homes moving forward and I could probably talk about this home and all the beautiful things and how it was designed and entertained all day long. But I want to switch gears very briefly because as much as I'd love to talk to you for four straight hours, 
we can't. So we want to chat very briefly about another project. And what really intrigues me about this project is it's called In Standing Order. And a lot of the projects we talk about here are very high-end custom homes. This is a home designed for, I'm going to say normal people. Vancouver is not a cheap place to live. And so it's very hard for families to be able to afford to live there. And one of the challenges we face is the houses that we can afford have a finite amount of space. And you can't necessarily do that much with that footprint. So you took a home that was an existing home and you made it something really amazing and really, really special. And I think the thing I like most about it is attainable for most people. Can you talk a little bit more about that project? Because that's also nominated for an award as well. Because it's not just these high-end custom homes that win awards. It's homes at every level. Let's talk a little about that. For sure, yeah. That was a uh, project where we did actually get brought in quite early in the process, which I think helped because we did a lot of budgeting early on to determine if they could afford um, a laneway, if they could do a suite, how much square footage they could really add. And and I think that helped guide them as well. And ultimately, it was great that we were able to squeeze in a laneway, a two-bedroom laneway house, a two-bedroom uh, basement suite, and then the principal house got bigger. It was a 1960s house. Um, uh, some people call it a Vancouver special, depending on what generation you are. Um, and we ripped the roof off and added an, an extra story to it. So we didn't have to tear the house down, which was great too, because we could uh, keep the elements in the 1960s. They had some good lumber, they had good concrete, so we could keep those elements and do a renovation to the principal house. And then from there, we built a brand new laneway house and that uh, laneway house then uh, serves as rental, as does the basement suite. So it's kind of nice that, uh, you know, younger family, two working professionals, two younger kids were able to stay in a neighborhood that they really loved. They absolutely loved the neighborhood and then uh, provide some um, uh, mortgage helpers for themselves, but also provide rental, which uh, nowadays is really hard to find in Vancouver. And they're able to rent out both the basement suite and the laneway, or at some point as their uh, parents get older, have their parents move in with them as well. So uh, that 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 house will definitely become multi generational at some point, but um, in the meantime, we were able to use a lot of materials and kind of work with the architects to design certain elements that weren't super high end. And to your point about being more affordable, that was uh, a project that came in around one point three or one point four million dollars for almost a new house. Um, and it's one of those projects where people look at it and can't tell it's a renovation. No, and you took the Vancouver Special, which is not really the most uh, aesthetically pleasing home, and you made it sexy. So it looked really cool. You got to check it out on the website. For yeah, sure. for sure. We have to thank the architects for that. They did a, a, an amazing job. And uh, I, we used to live in East Vancouver in a Vancouver Special, and they're they're not great to look at. They're um, they serve the they're purpose for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've seen a number of people renovate them on this on this podcast as well, and it's it's amazing when you're working with the right team what you can accomplish and you can look at a space and do so many amazing things. Um, Jim, I got to say a huge thank you for coming here today. You shared your story with us. You shared your personal story. You talked about your company and your philosophy. And it really gives us a chance to get to know who you are and what drives you and the people behind these award-winning homes as well. Um, we really were able to take a great deep dive into your project and learn some great lessons today. 
those were really the most crucial learning because these are lessons. It doesn't matter what kind of home you're building, you will learn from them. The lessons are to do your due diligence and work with a great team of people and make sure the team of people you are you have are experienced. And if you're working with a builder or an architect or designer, ask them who are their team and do your work and find out who those people are. And the last part, and I think this goes without saying, is you want to engage your professionals as early in the process as possible. And you want to engage them all together and have them working together versus bringing in later. Because we talked about the results of not having proper timing with your team as well. So, so many great lessons. And Jennifer, do you, do you have anything you want to add to this? Yes, I do. Again, I just want to congratulate you on being custom home builder of the year, which is super exciting Thank for you. Haven. Absolutely. Haven Congratulations. Um, I feel like we need to have like mimosas or something to cheers him <laughs> at the table. Uh, but before we go, do you have one more tip that you can share with our listeners today? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> From a homeowner's perspective, I would say ask questions. Just ask questions all day long because um, you'll find that the 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 sub trades our trade partners for instance um our builders ourselves designed we all love what we do so we love talking about it so if somebody wants to talk to me about hrvs or mechanical systems or windows or roofs i'll talk to them all day long um and so from a homeowner's perspective don't be afraid to ask questions and don't think you have to educate yourself you can you know obviously learn a lot online these days but talk to the builders talk to the designers and architects about uh, any questions you have whatsoever because the, they're, they're there to help you out and they love talking about it perfect and one more question before we go i want to know where did you put your haven award uh that one's up in the office at home okay displayed so you see it every morning yeah away from the kids so that they don't knock it off the windows perfect yeah. <laughs> Well, Jim, it's been a great conversation. Before we go, I have to do something barbecue related. And of course, we have this amazing, amazing group of sponsors, one of whom which is Ford SBC. And we're giving away a Napoleon Prestige P500 stainless steel natural gas barbecue. It's worth like $1,500. If you've ever cooked in a natural gas barbecue, it is the best way to cook outside. Absolutely. And if you, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, you'd say, hey, I'd like one of those barbecues myself. All you got to do is go to haven.ca slash measure twice, cut once, and you can be entered for a chance to win the barbecue. I mean, the picture from last season, the guy who looked the, won the barbecue. I don't think I've ever seen someone so happy in a picture in my entire life. And I'd love to see someone else win this barbecue this season as well. Awesome. And for notes and links to everything mentioned on today's episode, including resources shared, of course, by Jim from Smithwood Builders, um, all you need to do is go to haven.ca slash measure twice cut once. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks again for having me. This is great, guys. Thanks yeah, for being thank here. West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.